This is the Power Moves Podcast. to episode two of the Power Moves Fitness podcast um, in a bit of more quiet surroundings today so should be able to hear us very well. Um, if you've not already subscribe on Apple, Spotify, likes, everything and tell your friends I'm really trying to grow this one so all your support is much appreciated. Um, so today I am joined with Ailish McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Let's say it again. McLaughlin. Okay, that's that's her surname. <laughs> struggles with it. So from Ireland, right? Yeah. So that's where the weird surname's coming yeah. from, right? Cool. What part weird of name in general. What part of Ireland from? Dublin. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I've got some family in Athlone, uh, so I've been there a little bit. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Everyone's got family in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere <laughs> along the lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Irish. <laughs> um, so today's episode is called Get Better which I've stolen from your Instagram <laughs> handle. So guys, if you can give Ailish a follow on Instagram, your handle is? Uh, Ailish gets better. All right, why did you create that? Um, because over the last couple of years, I think my um, sort of ethos and philosophy for life has been around uh, getting a little bit better every day. Cool. So obviously we're all human and um, we all strive for success and whatever that looks like, but um, that Agreed. I don't know if that actually exists. The, the perfect person or life or success, you know, might not exist. Yeah. But if you can try and be a little bit better every day, in some way, I think you're on the way, and it's about the journey then, and less about the endpoint. All right, <laughs> very philosophical. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, love it. Yeah, but agreed. Like people always trying to improve on um, whatever situation you're in, and um, that I, f- I find that carries out a lot in terms of training. Yeah, and kind of helps your mindset and helps you be stronger in terms of day-to-day life and overcoming obstacles. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said about training on the gym floor. It's not just getting sweaty, but there's a lot more to it, I think. Yeah. Alright, so tell us a bit about yourself. Like, what you've been doing, academic background, training <coughs> history. Also, we're talking about training, so any sports, anything like that. Cool. So I'm obviously from Dublin. Um, I've been technically a student for the best part of my entire life since cool. I started school. Um, in that, I've just I'm just in the process of finishing my PhD in exercise physiology. Nice. Soon, Do- soon come, Do- 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 <laughs> hopefully. So again, what was the PhD in? Exercise. Uh, exercise physiology. Doctor of exercise, <laughs> good one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I changed my handle again. <laughs> um, and before that, I did a master's in sports nutrition. So Sick. the last sort of five, six years have been focused around, my academic career has been focused around sport and exercise and performance. Awesome. Um, I was working the last three years with GB Taekwondo as a um, SNC coach, physiologist, also a little bit with GB Karate, um, and worked with British Gymnastics and stuff before that. Um, So working very much in an elite performance environment. Um, Also doing PT and working kind of more in general population fitness. 
at the same time and kind of getting a little bit more into that now myself. Um, sporting wise, I was a very, uh, competed sort of at a high level swimming when I was from age like sort of 10 or 12. Cool. Um, and yeah, so kind of my gym career started not, not further, um, not much after that. So mm -hmm. kind of 14, 15 started in the gym, just trying to support my swimming career. Um, a little bit of an obsessive sport for an obsessive character. What, which potentially, Yeah. Is it? Super obsessive. It's totally okay. antisocial, like 5 a.m., 4 a.m. <laughs> starts every day. Um, why training. Because I think it's like a cultural thing, like um, in terms of getting the pool, access no to the pool. pool yeah. yeah, so okay. you can, you can as a club, you can rent it out early in yeah, the morning. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, ridiculously early starts, um, straight to training after school. Yeah. And then try to get homework in somewhere. So a little bit of an obsessive, discipline. yeah, a lot of discipline, but sometimes potentially too much for certain characters. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a bit of a bumpy ride towards the end of that career. It was probably my first. Um, it would have been my first exposure to or experience of being exposed to the wrong type of training. So I am a very fast twitch, explosive, yeah, sprinter yeah. type character. Um, so and you don't want to do endurance, do you? I don't want to, well, I mean, there's a, there's a place for it, but yeah, yeah as a tr that's not my, it's not the type Strength. of athlete I yeah. am, yeah, yeah, and then you have to, you get into the volume issue. Yes. Um, so anyway, I had, I had to move club at some point, and it was a more of a middle distance endurance club, and I experienced the detriment of the wrong type of training and not being an overload, and I ended okay. up with a number of injuries and illnesses, and um, ended up just kept getting worse and worse and as an obsessive character yeah. um, in an obsessive sport it was it was a pretty tough time to kind of mm. experience as a as a young kid um, yeah and then I m luckily my mum kind of noticed how mad swimming world was yeah. and the type of person I am and she forced me to play basketball all through this okay. so to, to have a bit of a team sport and yeah. you know talk to people and stuff um, <laughs> You gotta get out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so luckily when I kind of eventually was like, nah, I can't swim anymore. This is just yeah. madness. Uh, I still had basketball to kind of throw myself into. And I ended up then playing at a semi-pro level for eight years in Dublin and played one year yeah. over in Manchester. Um, and yeah, still had some of the obsessive <laughs> crazy tendencies, yeah. but... But it's, it's good, kind of a good obsession. There could be worse yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. It's about. good to put your energies yeah. into, yeah. yeah. So, um, and yeah. In, loved that really loved that sport will always be um, very close to my heart um, and got very into the sort of strength and conditioning side of things um, and nutrition side of things during that time mm -hmm. maybe a little bit again too obsessively so but um, that's where kind of I started to think well this is what I'm really passionate yeah, about but so if I'd you like to get into in a, in a way like if you don't obsess about something you're never really going to get good at it or you're never going to find out that kind of like formula or that winning formula in a way that you can pass on so yeah exactly and, and by obsessively i mean obsessive is good in terms of yeah like you, yeah, you kind can of go too far obviously yeah um but yeah again i think anyone who's super passionate yeah. just kind you'd of part and parcel you'd also do nothing so on the couch, <laughs> exactly <right? laughs> or just be obsessed about partying you yeah, know so exactly. you've got yeah you've got the two ends of the stick now so um then yeah towards um, when I finished my undergraduate and did another um, sort of kind of mini degree thing, then I was like, now nah, I want to get into uh, my passion. So I want to study around um, fitness and performance, etc. So uh, that's when I moved to the UK and did my master's. And then from there, Sick. got into the PhD. And that's what right. I'm finishing now. Pretty awesome. So clearly, guys, this is why I've got her on here, because she's got shit ton of knowledge in her head <laughs> yeah. that 
hopefully we can try and share with you guys and it'd be good to just have a little chat with her. Um, hopefully going forward she will be on here a lot more so we'll be talking about some other subjects um, just trying to break down training, recovery, stretching, everything that like you might face trying to improve yourself and get better. Right, so we're going to touch on flexibility versus mobility. Um, mainly starting there because I feel it's kind of like a foundation thing and people kind of just like dive into the gym, it's lifting weights and go to some classes and you're not, if you're not like thinking about the foundation first, which sometimes, mostly I'd say stems from being mobile and flexible and able to move well, then you're going to like get into trouble later on and have issues where you're going to have to kind of backtrack and then go back to fix those. So if we kind of address those issues from the start, then you're kind of setting yourself up for that winning formula at the end, I reckon. Um, so in, in terms of how you perceive things and what, how do you see flexibility versus mobility? So yeah, I think it's an, it's an interesting one. Like and what's and the difference? In general, people kind of throw those terms around yeah. um, in a, like a, they kind of use them in the same sense but they are technically um, quite different. Yeah. Um, so flexibility is the range of motion passively that a joint or a tissue has. Cool. Um, so that thinking, you know, touching your toes or splits, that kind of stuff, but it yeah. is passive. Yeah. So you need an external force to get there. So yeah. if I want to do the splits, the floor is my external force. I'm pushing myself into that position. Cool. Um, on the other hand, mobility is our active range of motion. So what we can actively use. So yes, I can yeah. do it myself without an external force. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get the, um, to kind of to understand the difference between the two. So I always get people if they're sitting or standing to pull their knee up to their chest. Yeah. Um, and that's their flexibility. So that's the range of motion of the tissue involved in that act, in that movement. Yeah. And then I get them to let go of their, of their hand uh, and where it drops. Okay. So there's it's your difference between active and ah. passive. So it's an easy way. If you're, if you're a little bit unsure, try that. Ah, so and you'll see the difference. See more active. Yeah, exactly. That position. Um, so, uh, and then we also have, I think people also throw the term mobilizing around, which gets yeah. a little bit confused in there. It's um, a buzzword, I don't know. Like a little bit I of a buzzword. I use it too, but it's a buzzword. It is a buzzword. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's a thing, right? It's, yeah. just, it's just understanding the difference between the three. So mobilizing generally would be, um, say, your foam rolling or your um, manual therapy or kind of distraction of joints, say, with a band. You know, people yeah. do it on the ankle or the shoulder or hips or whatever. Um, again, <coughs> has some merits, but just just not um, confusing the three. Okay. Um, flexibility is again a passive can modality. You be, can you be too flexible? Um, so yeah, I think you can yeah. be too flexible, but I don't think yeah. you can be too mobile. Okay. Because the difference is, but in flexibility, you yeah. have you have range, but you've got no control, control. over. Yeah. Um, mobility, you've got control over the range that you have. See, that's an issue I'm, I <coughs> come across with mainly girls because obviously they're a bit more obsessed about being flexible stretching but um in terms of dancers yeah um yogis guys that practice yogi yoga a lot um you kind of like okay cool you're quite flexible you can kind of squat well and you can touch your toes and stuff and do all this cool shit but as soon as i give you a dumbbell or a bar and ask you to move through that range of motion then everything kind of goes to shit. yeah like, oh okay great you haven't got the strength down there exactly you can go there but you haven't got active control exactly and this is a big issue um with a number of clients that i'm trying to train and improve the strength at the end range um how would you go about trying to fix that yeah so i think um 
it's not an argument against flexibility versus mobility. You need range of motion in order yeah. to be mobile. Yeah. Um, so you, if you're flexible, you're already halfway there. Okay. Now all you're doing is, like you said, putting yourself in end ranges and, and, and strengthening them. Okay. Um, so And then there's obviously the way that you do that, I think, um, is important. But um, yeah, as long as that's the kind of goal. Um, the, the pr my kind of, not issue, but the thing I see that happens a lot, and especially because I do some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at the moment, so you get a lot of people like, I know I need to be more flexible for Jiu-Jitsu, so I'm doing yeah. yoga. And I'm like, cool, I like that you appreciate that you need more range at your joints, but yeah. it's not enough. It's not enough to yeah. be able to hold poses actively and be able to get your, for your body to get into that position, um, but not be able to produce force there. Because actually, you're now putting yourself at more risk yeah. than if you were just like unflexible okay. because now um i'm gonna end up in that position yeah. but uh if i've got no control over it so if there's an external force that comes in i'm gonna be injured yeah, so whereas if i it. yeah if i yeah. can withstand some of that load then i'm mitigating that risk for injury and um, so they're not they're not uh, mutually exclusive what they both feed into each other yeah. but if i was to choose between the two i'd obviously rather be mobile because it's it's active and it's long yeah. lasting where it's flexibility. Yeah, exactly. So if, for it's example, usable. Let's make it practical. So if we have this girl, she's flexible, um, great flexibility, can do all these fancy things, splits, handstands, whatever. Um, but now she tries to do a squat and obviously there's no strength there. She might be coming towards the bottom of the squat and it's kind of being, the joint is probably moving too much and there's no active control. How would you advise they improve that and gain that strength? So they would, so there's, so I should introduce, I, I studied a thing called functional range conditioning about just under a year and a half ago. Cool. Um, and it's kind of revolutionized how I think about training and, and kind of led me down this path of understanding mobility and, and um, end range control and strength. Um, and they use um, things called, uh, so there's lots of different terminology, but basically putting putting the joints or the tissue that you're going to utilize, say for a squat, so that would be like bent knee hip flexion, yeah. um, putting the tissue in there, exactly like how I said, and then yeah. teaching it to contract there. So okay. there'll be things like you might stand up, put your one knee or your one foot up on the box, so you're in that bent knee flexion, okay. and then do lift offs from there. So okay. right at the end range, trying to produce some strength there. Okay. Um, you can do isometric things. So like yeah. I said, stand up, pull your knee up into your full range, and then let go and try and hold that position, okay. getting isometrics in that end range. Okay. Um, then you can start moving into, it's the same, it's the same concept as you would use strength training someone, yeah. but you're just doing it in smaller ranges of motion. Okay, good. Um, can utilize concentrics, eccentrics, isometrics, start to load those things, yeah. um, but just giving, just rather than choosing an exercise, whatever that is, and yeah. just adding load, you're yeah. putting the joints or tissue into certain positions and loading it from there. Okay. Well, generally I would try to, so I'm glad you touched on that. So if someone's got that kind of issue, I'll generally try and slow them down and put make them go slow eccentrics, uh, isometrics, and try find their active position yeah and then say if we go into a squat and they're going to the bottom and there's nothing at the bottom there's no control for me that's not active so what i'll do is find where they s just stay active yeah and just say look you're going to go to that position that's your depth for now and then get your paws in that position come back up and then over the course of time try and move that range down and usually what happens is they get quite strong in that range so yeah. um definitely i'd say to anyone obviously try and utilize your isometric holds in certain positions and eccentrics as well. Yeah, exactly. So positional isometrics are 
one of the best tools out there and they don't always have to be by adding external load either no. you can um, utilize just intent so by yeah, yeah. pushing against or like trying to hold something yeah. or whatever so yeah all of those things would yeah, be big, yeah big word i use within people it's not always just like trying to make this perfect movement it's the intent of trying to make the movement better yeah and exactly kind of rewires itself over that course of you trying to be more intentional in the movement yeah so it's, it's a big issue and like you said a lot of people need to try and not confuse the two being flexible and mobile they're kind of separate they're also, separate yeah. but feed into each other yes, at the yeah, same 100%, time yeah 100 percent. yeah oh, that's interesting um so what why do we need both of them and which would you say is better um, so or would you not say anyone's better? I would I wouldn't say so if we also bring uh, sort of mobilizing and activation and stuff in there yeah. so I think that needs to be I think people need to understand that better okay. um, if I am getting ready so for example people the reason people say foam roll yeah. is because they think that it it gives them some more mobility it gives them some more range of motion but if I ask you to touch your toes right now yeah. and you get to a certain position yeah. and then I like shake your right hand and ask you to do it again, you're going to go further. And that's okay. not because I've shaked your hand, but this yeah. is what people think. Okay. It's because <laughs> the nervous system um, is protective, right? So yeah. if I'm my nervous system, when I do something, my nervous system's like, oh, I haven't done this yet. I'm going to be careful here. I don't know yeah. where, where I'm at. Can I produce force? Blah, blah, blah. Um, once I've done it once, it's like, oh, yeah, this is sound. I can go a little bit yeah. further. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's fine, and sometimes you, there's, a, there's a time and a place to use, utilize some of that mobilizing uh, situation or stuff, but um, it's not active. So within mm. 15, 30, 45 minutes, you're no longer going to have that range that you've unlocked by mobilizing. Okay. So um, prior to, to a session, to prime for a session, yeah, potentially, yeah, um, it can be helpful, but um, it's not going to last. No. So for example, yeah, the, yeah. the reason that I feel quite strongly about this had a knee injury for my almost my entire basketball career um so like eight nine years of on and off struggling with my my left knee i saw maybe that's a lot maybe 30 physios like a lot of different people that's over my career different opinions always the same thing okay. your left glutes weak your okay. I left it band is too tight so you okay. need to foam roll this that and the other i yeah. was because I'm, I'm so obsessive yeah. i was religious like before yeah. every single training session half an hour on my days off my time off foam rolling doing everything i was told to do um it was manageable but it never got any better okay yeah, so i'm fix it. it i'm not fixing yeah. it yeah i'm kind of like um putting a plaster yeah, over a yeah. symptom which yeah so it got me through that but it didn't make me any better i invested a shit ton of time into that yeah right whereas if i had worked on something active okay. then then i'm it's like i'm putting money in the bank and i'm I'm building on that. I'm not paying rent, right? So it's like yeah, the difference yeah. between what, how I think of like paying rent for where you live or paying into your mortgage. Yeah, yeah. It's additive when yeah. I'm training actively. When I'm training passively, it's just like putting it in to get yeah. you through the next month, but it's gone then. You've got to repay. It doesn't okay. kind of go anywhere yeah, yeah. except your tenant or your yeah. landlord's <laughs> pocket. <laughs> um, so for me, like it just seems smart. If I was to choose to be flexible, mobile, or to mobilize, I'm going to choose the active one because I'm getting something out of that and progressing yeah. all of the time. Okay. Um, if, I'm, if I work on mobility and train, spend a few hours each week doing that, I'm getting better all the time. Okay. If I'm spending that time mobilizing or stretching, 
stretching I might get better but I'm not able to use that yeah it's not yeah it's not usable mobilizing I'm not getting any better it's getting me through what I'm doing at that moment in time but over time it doesn't help me anymore okay that makes sense so obviously we want to try then mobilize more to get mobility but less to a lesser degree less yeah stretching for flexibility. But, but the only thing is like again it's just that kind of little bit terminology so it sounds similar so you think it's the same thing but mobilizing doesn't contribute to your mobility because okay. you're not um you're not doing anything actively okay so if you are this is like a thing that they say in functional range conditioning all the time and it's a really um, good way of looking at it passive inputs gives you passive results so one foot don't stay Active okay. inputs give you active results. So oh. if I'm same way as like if I'm um, if I'm t- trying to get uh, improve my my squat strength, yeah. I'm gonna um, do you know like build that up, work really hard, add the load, add the intensity, volume, blah yeah. blah blah, and at the end, all that work that I've put in, yeah. I'm gonna be stronger at it. So that's yeah. like an active uh, contribution. But if yeah. I'm just doing if I if you are just stretching my hamstring every day mm-hmm. like it might it, because it's you're doing it it's like an external force mm-hmm. it might go further when you do it but i'm not able to do anything better on my own okay maybe not the best example but yeah i got you if you actively train something you're gonna be able to actively yeah. get better at it yeah. if someone else is involved in passively or an external force involved in in doing something then that's not okay. going to be you're not going to be able to do that without that yeah I got that you. makes sense I got you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, it's hard it's a tricky one it's a tricky yeah, one yeah really get into like a lot of like science now yeah and kind of separate it a little bit um so would you say what kind of things would you do to be more mobilized in t- compared to like a normal person they'll go to for example myself let's do myself so i will go into a session um, I will usually start with 20-30 minutes of combination of stretching, so flexibility, warming up, foam rolling um, to prime, um, some mobility drills, especially for like ankles and stuff. And then on top of that, I'll be like priming muscle groups. So if I'm doing legs, I'll be priming my hamstrings, glutes, quads, uh, ankles, whatever. So what would you... would was, is that okay or what would you add to that so here's my improve? here's the thing here's my argument against that right yeah. if you're training mobility yeah. properly like you would strength train if you're yeah. at, like and we can get into that what that looks like yeah then you don't need to spend 30 minutes every day doing all that okay. stuff okay cool um that's you don't because you're having to do that passive stuff again yeah. every single day in order yeah, to get yeah, your session you. out the way yeah, you. but if you work and, and do active stuff then you're i mean obviously you're gonna have you're not gonna walk in the gym and stick like 95 percent your yeah. rm and back squat it yeah. but you might be able to get there quicker yeah get there a hell of a lot quicker yeah. like the boys when i st- i started martial arts about a year ago and they the guys in the gym, they used to take the piss out of me because they're like, you're, you're the SMC coach and you never warm up. And I'm like, oh. yeah, but I warm up my joints for each day oh, and I okay. work on having them in a, good, like, in a good place all the time so that I don't need to spend a lot of time. I mean, technically, there's lots of yeah, benefits so to warming up. But that's, yeah, that's something I've been uh, reading about. It's like you want that suppleness. So it's kind of like the book, um, Supple Like a Leopard. So you never see like a big cat warm up they just go <laughs> exactly and if you think about like so no the, like what we're designed for yeah. um and again 
Like also, it's different because humans sit down and we're a bit more like sedentary. But. but the point is that if you look after your body and use it like it's intended to use, which is to yeah. move all the time, yeah. then you don't have the same need to get everything moving uh, again. Okay. But if I have, obviously, if I've come, if I've been working at my laptop all day and then I go to the gym, like I'm not oh, going to yeah. jump straight into like it's a hard, yeah, yeah, tough thing. I'm going to move everything. But I'm yeah. the way I look at it is, it is I'm going to do something active. Yeah. So that it's not just about priming me for that session, getting me ready for that session. It's going to contribute to longevity and yeah, better joints all the time. Yeah, yeah so banking, exactly. Pain, right? um, so what would so give us something solid? What would you say instead of going through that process that I do, or a lot of people do, because I'm pretty aware a lot of people do that, and they pretty they're kind of in the belief system that is that is a sound way to warm up. Yeah, and it might feel good as it does for me. What would you? How would you try and change that or improve on that? So one thing, um, the sort of one of the cornerstones of um, this kind of mobility, functional range conditioning stuff is called CARS. Okay. Um, basically, controlled articular rotations. Yeah. Um, it's basically joint circles for every joint in the body. Okay. Okay. So it's taking each joint through its full range of motion. Okay. The idea being that if you do that every single day, yeah. Um, you pave you teach your body you, you speak to your joints yeah. telling them i want to be able to use this range joint and this range yeah. in this way all the time yeah. um so and and then but so you do that from in a low intensity way move your joints every single day yeah. from a warm-up perspective you take every joint in your body through its full range of motion and add some intent or some intensity to it mm -hmm. you're now like switching on whatever yeah. that means, everything yeah. that you need to, you're yeah. making your, your... Yeah, but you're going from, you're not going from zero to 100. It's exactly. Kind of like so so they, there's a continuum of it. So from a rehab or a morning routine perspective, yeah. I'm doing them at like sort of 10 to 30% of effort. Okay. When I'm warming up, maybe I'm doing like 50% of effort. When I'm training, I'm doing yeah. like 90 or 100% effort. And if you, yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, send you a video if you want to share it or something of yeah. a maximal effort car controlled articular rotation for hip or shoulder or something okay. and like is there any load or is it just no weight? so sometimes i'll add load but even body mm -hmm. weight with just intent if you um so i always use the cue like imagine the air is like a thick honey or like golden <laughs> syrup okay and that's what you're fighting for yeah. you're now you're now maximally stressing you're putting load on that joint through all of the range of motion in on all different angles and planes which I think we really miss out on yeah. day to day. Yeah. Even yeah. if we're fucking train really hard in the gym, we're smashing out weight like squats yeah, but then or whatever. Even then you're still sticking to kind of one movement. Pattern exactly, one kind of, of line of work, yeah. and yeah. and the, that tissue works really well, yeah. but all the other tissue is pretty shit yeah. because it never gets exposed yeah. to anything. Um, so cars, yeah, and again, I can get you a link to um, yeah, some cool. people who are uh, who have some really good YouTube videos introducing yeah. people to stuff. But that is like it's a cornerstone. You. I do it every single day. Okay. Like every morning when I wake up, it's how I warm up for every single training session. Um, it's how I train a lot of the time. And okay. it's just like a very uh, all encompassing um, way to get your, to speak to your joints essentially. Okay. Um, so that that's literally all I do to warm up. Yeah. So yeah. that's why they say you don't warm up. Yeah, it doesn't look like I'm doing too much. I, I mean, tech like- So you do that in the morning. Okay, do it in the morning. Let's say you do some cars in the morning. Yeah. Um, let's say for example, you've got a session coming up where you're doing the big compounds and you've done cars in the morning what would you do would you go straight into the session or what so i would do so you wouldn't put your working weight on but yeah, yeah i would so i would um do a, either do full body cars but i would yeah. pay specific attention to the 
joints that are going to be yes. mostly involved in that. So if I'm okay. about to squat, for example, I'm going to do lots of spine stuff, lots okay. of hip stuff, knees and ankles, because they're the ones that are going to be really stressed and okay. shoulders probably too in that, um, in that uh, session. Okay. Um, so I will do them. I'll do some low intensity work and then I will um, start doing them at a higher intensity. I might okay. also do some um, passive range holds for my hip flexion to make sure I'm kind of like ready to go into okay. that range. But like, uh, and then I'll, I'll squat. You want to get, you want to do something, do the, yeah, do the yeah, thing. The yeah. um, and it's the same thing with like touching your toes. You do it once, not so good. You do it again, yeah. you do it better. So it's just like teach it. It's not, I, I think people, another thing I see a lot of people doing is like, they'll talk about, they're going to do some heavy squatting today and they do like sort of like five sets to get up to their working sets. Yeah. Like, what do you, what, I'm, I'm just, what well, do depends. people think they're doing in there? It depends. It's relative. So if someone's working weight is 250 kg, how quickly would you advise them going there? It's, yeah, it depends on the person, yeah. right? But yeah. what, what, what I see is like, okay, my, I'm a, I would never be doing this, but yeah. my working weight is 250. Yeah. I'm, what, what, what am I getting out of squatting with the bar and squatting with 50 on and okay. with 100? Because that's so light, like it's yeah. so, it's almost like a different movement to what I'm about to do. True, so I would do, do some body weight um, to, to sort of like get my brain like, yeah, this yes, is the movement yes, I'm yes. about to do. Um, and then I would be at least starting 50 plus percent of the weight I'm, I'm planning to get to. Because okay. if you if yeah, you are, <laughs> well, if you are, if, if 250 is like, yeah. um, is, is oh, what so you can yeah, work at. Yeah, 100 is. So half of that is 125. Yeah, and, and but the thing is, I guess like, do you need to do five sets of five reps working up to your working set of five sets of five? No, Can, mm. like if, and, and again, if someone is not very, doesn't really spend time work looking after their sort of mobility in their joints and spent yeah. all day sitting down, maybe they do, maybe they do need to like yeah. really get moving before they get going. Yeah. But I would argue, that over time, if you spend yeah. more time, if you could invest that time into getting your joints a little bit better, then you don't need to waste half an hour building up to your working set of five by five or whatever it is. Interesting. So interesting. I just think it's it's like a investment over yeah. time. It's um, it's interesting because I now where I'm, my numbers are going up slightly, I'm actually spending less working sets in a way. That's not intentional. It's yeah. kind of just like as your intensity I'm, increases. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm kind of more used to the weight. So I'm kind of going, oh, okay, say so I've got to do two, three sets at whatever, 160 or something. I probably only, I would do the bar, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> but, but again, that, yeah. that, like, that's your body weight nearly. That's you, that's you priming for that movement. Yeah. So that's fine. But you, it's like if you're doing five reps of the bar, five reps at 20, five, you know. That oh, yeah, it's probably a bit much. Yeah. So I'd usually, that would be, I'd probably go, I mean, Friday I had to do a set of, is 160 something, 167 or something. I did the bar, I did 20, I did 100, and then I did 140. So I was basically there yeah. in like two, three sets. Yeah. And then I was ready to go. But I felt really good. Everything was like supple. I didn't feel the need to do any more warm-ups to feel like to get the blood flowing. Yeah. So it, I think that's just more of an experience thing, but Definitely, and, and like sometimes it's about also the psychological priming, right? Like yeah, if you if yeah. it's going to be a okay. few tough sets, then yeah. you need to kind of get your brain in the right place. And I totally get that. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'm just coming. I'm just talking from my own experience. I used yeah. to spend so much time having to feel good, ready to train, yeah. and now I, f I like 
that that's the biggest thing I've noticed from investing in my mobility now. I could I can do pistol squats right now, having just sat here. Yeah. Um, I can you know whereas before I would have I needed like half an hour activating <laughs> glutes switched on yeah, this that yeah. and the other like before I could do anything. Um, but when you look after your joints, yeah. there's no yeah you you're already in you touch more, with yeah, all you of already that have stuff. It, you have it available quicker. Exactly. So it's not you'd have to spend much time trying to get there. Yeah. So so my I'm not doing much traditional strength training now. But if I was, mm. I know that I would be like and when I was before, yeah. I know I would be like cars have a little go at the exercise yeah. I'm about to do and then, and then bang, and I'd on. be like more or less where I'm kind of at for my first set. Interesting. And I, that for me is just like Slipping hugely advantageous. Head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, I don't need to spend 40 minutes of my session just getting ready for my yeah. session. Yeah, that's, um, true. that's and, true. And in a world where we don't have that much time. Yeah, so the, the, I guess that's the biggest point of everything, isn't it? Like, how are you investing the time that you do have? Mm. Um, is it gonna is it something that you're are you paying rent or are you paying into your mortgage like are you are you benefiting benefiting from it over time i guess is that is how i would look at things mate you're breaking you're breaking rules <laughs> it's all about <laughs> no it's good this is, it's really interesting to um hear another perspective and how things can be done all right moving on quickly um so we're going to talk about a bit of strength versus mobility training um so they seem kind of like far apart but they're probably not What's, what's the difference between those two? Can you be strong and mobile? Like how do people get there? Like how do you see that? So over the last probably year, that's the kind of journey that I've been on. I'm a naturally strong person and we like to do what we're good at, right? Yeah. So I would spend lots of time doing strength work, you know, hitting pretty good numbers, all the time sort of doing sport as well. But um, yeah, like that was, that was really easy for me. Um, and then I started to get interested in the mobility side of things and started to understand and, so, and see the advantages for other people. And I was like, well, I always thought I can't really be mobile. Like I'm, I'm a strong person, right? I'm yeah. big, like I'm five foot nine, um, always weighed like 74 plus kilos. Yeah. Um, and I've got a lot of muscle mass, like I'm not gonna be flexible. I'm not, you're not gonna see yeah, me doing the split, right? But no, why not? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. so that's how I always thought. And then I, then I start to see that there are people that can do that. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. well, maybe I can also do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to invest a lot more of my time in, in the stuff that I'm not good at, which is mobility. So that's yeah. our end range training. So yeah. Um, yeah, so, but what I've learned along that time is that um, mobility training done properly is strength training. Okay. So the definition of um, strength training is being able to uh, use connective tissue so muscle joints whatever to mm. express force yeah um, and how we do that is we generally add some external force and make our body move against it and then, um, adapt, and then we adapt yeah and then we can push more yeah. and move more um mobility training and, and like the sort of what i believe to be the right definition is is um the ability to express force at the end range of motion okay, okay so it's the same but now we just kind of like uh, direct it towards our end ranges um, so basically, um, to, to train for mobility, you, you need to do, you kind of, it needs to kind of go in like a bit of a cycle. So you need to expand your end range. Mm -hmm. So you need to take your joint or whatever it is to the end range, mm -hmm. um, and express force there. Generally we do w the, the idea is to do that from through isometric contractions. Mm -hmm. 
um, what they call in functional range conditioning pails and rails, which is basically um, you if you've ever been to a physio and they've done PNF stretching, it's one half oh, of yeah, that. Cool. Yeah. Where you so they'll put you in a position, get you to stretch against, and then all of a yeah. sudden you've got a new range. Yeah. Again, that's a little bit that's a neurological trick, so it's it's a sort of a passive or a short term um, game. Mm -hmm. um, but what they also add on is so that's a progressive, so you're pushing against the stretch. Yeah. They add a regressive stretch, so it's where the tissue's the shortest. You try oh, okay. to contract into the stretch, so you push yourself further into it. Okay. So imagine lying on a bed and um, someone pushes your leg straight up, so you're stretching the hamstring. Yeah. Um, your PNF, or your progressive stretch, would be pressing against whatever's pushing your hamstring yeah, up. Yeah, cool. Then your regressor would be trying to pull your leg closer to your head. So try to work into ah, the stretch okay. range. Ah, so now okay, I'm cool. working, that makes so, sense. yeah, so I'm working not only um, progressively against the stretch that I'm in, but I'm yeah. trying to actively, and that's where the intent comes from. Yeah. People see you doing stuff like that, you don't move, but yeah. like you're like shaking yeah, and yeah. looking like you're going to explode. And the CNS and yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like connecting with that piece of tissue. If yeah. you're, the neural drive is there and you're trying to get it to contract into that position. So um, that's kind of the cornerstone in terms of expanding your range. Okay. Over time, you will get more range of motion from that. But now you need to consolidate that. Okay. So you go into the stuff like the isometrics, the eccentrics, yeah. um, like liftoffs right at the end range, holds, yeah. different stuff like that. Um, and then as you kind of get stronger there, you, you're still expanding yeah. your range and, and you kind of push it forward a little bit that way. But technically, mobility training is strength training. Um, and the two, I think, are definitely not mutually, mutually exclusive, but actually like massively um, intertwine and kind of assist each other. So yeah. if you're flexible, you're halfway there in terms of mobility because you need to add strength. But if you're strong but not mobile, oh, you... Yeah. You, go back a little bit. you might need to go back a little bit but the thing is you'll you'll understand how to recruit muscle fibers you'll understand how to contract muscle because you've pushed lots of weight you've moved lots of weight so you're already a little bit halfway there but just from the other side mm -hmm. now you just need to add some range and just get good at recruiting in those end ranges um so yeah they're not they i think they feed into each other a lot for example i've i do about I think I do one lower body strength exercise, like traditional strength exercise mm -hmm. a week and a couple of upper body ones. Okay. Um, my, if I, my numbers now are no different to when I was doing those, uh, oh. doing like, and I'm like maybe three strength sessions a week with three, maybe lower, three, four lower body exercises, hard work in there. So I've dropped the, what I'm doing, but yeah. my numbers are the same. Yeah, you just thought your volume is less, isn't it? You're not well, um, what I mean is, like, I'm if I was to go and test sorry, my... Frequency is less, yeah. Yeah, so if I was to test my strength numbers, they wouldn't have changed. They may, oh. they may be a little bit better. Yeah. Because if you think about um, the kind of... Uh, our ability to express force on, yeah. a, on a curve, okay? So everyone, you'll know, even if you're not conscious of it, that you're strongest in the mid-range of, of a movement. Okay. So... Um, if, if you ever fail at a pull-up, you fail because you can't pull out of the end of it or because you yeah. can't finish it at the top, yeah, not yeah. in the middle. Yeah, Same yeah, in the yeah. squat, you yeah, always yeah. fail in the bottom, right? Yeah, not yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, so you're, we're strongest in, our, in the middle range of motion. So if yeah. we've got like a, a kind of a humped curve, yeah. uh, the middle bit is our middle range of motion and the yeah. end bits where they're smallest is our end range of motion. So yeah. our short and long range. Yeah. Um, if we're working to make, to both widen that curve curve but also like push it up then our like the area under the curve sorry to get sciency yeah. is now um our ability to express force so uh, even okay. though i'm not working as much in this middle range yeah. my ability to express force is better yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. i can so yeah it, it, i'm able to still kind of 
do those middle-ish range exercises with the same numbers because I'm working on the end ranges and not yeah. just in the middle, if that makes sense. So that's cool. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. the point is they really feed a lot into each other. Mm. Um, and more than that, I guess the, the biggest thing is like most people, if you're not like a high performing athlete, most people are training to be better at being a person, right? Better yeah. at being a human. They want to feel good, look good, yeah. um, be able to run up move well, move well yeah, like yeah. run after the kids yeah. walk upstairs when they're 70 that kind yeah. of thing um so we need to be looking after our joints i guess is, is the biggest thing is like joint longevity yeah, and, and kind true. of care and mobility training done correctly again not mm. not just the passive inputs mm. is what's going to give us that kind of articulate longevity and allow us to still be able to like reach overhead bend down pick up our grandkids and, and that kind of stuff mm. Um, so I think over anything like that's you, you want to be yeah, prioritizing, yeah, prioritizing and, and sort of looking after that side of things. That's crazy. It's blowing my mind. <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. Um, all right, one last thing before we go. We want to talk about, we actually spoke about this a little bit the other day when we discussed CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you all know how I feel about CrossFit, so we're not going to go into that. Um, but prerequisites for training. Um, obviously what, what obviously people will hear that word and not really might not understand it what what is this how do you how would you explain that to someone so i think it does what it says in the tin and in, in in that say you get um a 50 year old office worker into you and is like i want to be a powerlifter and they haven't exercised in their adult life mm -hmm. you're not going to stick a bar on their back and load no, it up and see what they've got some people would but that's probably a bad idea yes yeah. yeah. people <laughs> who have any understanding i yeah. think will aren't are gonna or you get someone in who's never never ran their life they're like on oh, run a marathon you're not gonna stick them on 10ks yeah. are you you're gonna be you're gonna yeah. build it up slowly so you know that they haven't got the prerequisite for what they want to do so you're gonna okay. build it up and work up to that okay. um from a joint perspective yeah. um if i get someone in and they're like i want to be an olympic lifter but they can't actively flex their shoulder above their head. Oh, that's massive. Like if someone comes in and wants to do that, there's so much at play. Exactly. Uh, or they can't, they haven't got um, bent knee hip flexion. They can't get their, they haven't got segmentation of their spine. They're mm -hmm. not, they haven't got the prerequisites, the joint prerequisites to do that movement. So yeah. we've got to work on that before we get there. Yeah. Um, so, but I think this is just massive. No one thinks about this and they don't mm -hmm. think about it from a conditioning perspective. They don't think about it from a joint perspective, from a strength perspective. Yeah. Um, the fitness industry has taken off and it's exciting yeah. for me because whereas five years ago, most of my female friends were like, oh no, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like to sweat. <laughs> like I don't, I don't yeah, sweat. exactly. <laughs> like that's not very feminine, whatever the fuck they'd say. Excuse my swearing. So um, it's explicit, you can swear. <laughs> Good. Um, on now like all of them are like doing doing something yeah, like trying these yeah whatever. they're they're getting involved in stuff and it's great to see because they feel really good yeah, um, and they're and yeah and they're into they're, they're buying into what exercise can bring into their life not yeah. just about like do i look good in whatever bikini or whatever it's more about like yeah. what it can add to their life in terms yeah. of everything else um but none of these things are, all of these people maybe have given up sport as teenagers barely did PE in school because it's pretty well from yeah. my experience pretty shy yeah. um, and have been kind of sitting the, you know the, the extent of their exercise for the last 10 years has been like in the clubs on yeah. a Saturday night yeah. Yeah. Um, and now they're going to a high intensity class or 
a CrossFit or any kind of gym yeah. or whatever it is and they're asking a lot for your body and and there's no understanding of of what the prerequisites for those things are yeah. one of the things that kind of gets me the most is like you go to any boot camp or anything and what what's like the number one exercise they have you doing burpees oh yeah okay like have they burpees. even <laughs> looked at whether your wrist can actively flex to 90 never mind whether your whole entire yeah. body weight can slam into that <laughs> can you even get flexion of your lower spine like none of, they don't think about any of that stuff yeah, and then, are stupid. I don't, I don't yeah, know. but I don't think burpees are stupid. I think there's no yeah. exercise you can't do if you have the prerequisites for them. Okay, cool. But most, if you've been yeah. sitting at your desk, you haven't got that anymore. Yeah. It, like the, if you ever, if you have any uh, exposure to like little kids, like sort of under school age. Mm. So I have my two-year-old niece and I honestly just love watching her move yeah. because she is like in a deep Easy. squat, sitting, standing like, like yeah, full easy, internal yeah. rotation of her hip ankle <laughs> you know just just amazing movement yeah. we all had that we were all born with the ability to do the splits yeah. all born with like perfect range of motion our hips our shoulders everything and then we go to school and they tell us to sit in a chair for eight hours yeah. they may let us play for 20 minutes here and there oh, yeah, but we yeah. don't we don't move so our bodies are really freaking smart and they say okay well, i'm not moving yeah. anymore i'm going to adapt to this i'm going to yeah. get good at sitting in this chair yeah. and that's what happens then fast forward like 10, 15 years, you're like, shit, I need to exercise because I'm not very healthy. <laughs> you go to like whatever it is and yeah. cool, at least you're making that step. Yeah. But now you, your body's adapted to sitting in a chair. It's yeah, not adapted to doing all this shit. And then no wonder that like three, six, whatever amount of time it is after you start, you end up with like a shitty knee or a shitty shoulder or back or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the thing that annoys me the most is not annoys me, but like makes me feel sad is they're like, oh, I just have a bad back. It just goes sometimes. Yeah. No, you just don't have the prerequisites yeah, for what you're true. doing yeah, and true. you need to work on that and then you won't have a bad back. Totally agree. I see it like a lot, like just generally on gym floor, in classes yeah. and you, like you'll see some people move and you're like, you really shouldn't be doing that because you're, you're not ready for that yet. So you should try to like work up to where you want to be. And a lot of things or a lot of like classes or whatever, CrossFit, um, <laughs> She's asking people to do like a million different things, yeah, and they're not actually good at any one of them yet. Yeah. So and it's it's just too much. Yeah. It's too much trying to ask someone to do a snatch and they just haven't. They can't they hold can't the even bar. Lift, yeah, they can't even they can't lift even their squat. arm over their head. Never mind. No weight. Never mind. Put <laughs> yeah. a bar over their head yeah. trying to squat. So it's just some things are done too quickly, and a lot of that what we're trying to touch on today is trying to build that solid foundation before you go and start to a bar on your back exactly and, and I, yeah i guess it's it's hard to get a balance right because you want people to be excited by exercise to buy into it and that comes from doing like challenging things or doing high intensity stuff we've got that endorphin yeah. run, rush after yeah. um, and some of the like prerequisite stuff is boring as hell like yeah. i won't lie it isn't exciting a lot of the time yeah. but that's the stuff that needs to be done so i understand the balance and i think we we also we can't be like super fragile with people like you know like yeah maybe they shouldn't be doing stuff but we can yeah. be smart about it yeah you gotta feel like you're training a little bit exactly because you gotta buy into it yeah. and you gotta be excited by it but yeah. yeah it's about being smart and i think yeah there's just there's room to improve as an industry where people are thinking not just like how can i smash, smash this person up yeah. or sm yeah smash my body up but like how can i be smart about yeah. getting a good session in and improving in that sense but yeah. also like improving 
my joint function, my aerobic energy, yeah. like low intensity yeah. stuff, like all these different things. And it just goes and going into that and like that kind of mentality of, oh, I'm gonna smash my body up and or I'm gonna be rolling on the floor or I'm gonna be dying, feel like I'm dying. It's not it's not really that doesn't mean you've done something productive for your yeah, body or exactly. positive. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's actually negative. So yeah. I'll see people who come to just train with me or whatever and they may have been doing Barry's, hit glasses, whatever it is, and they'll have all these fucking problems. Like, yes, you spent X amount of time training what you perceive to be hard, but it wasn't smart because you've got all these imbalances. You can't actually move your joint through a, a good range actively. Yeah. And then we're trying to do lunges and you're falling over yeah. because you can't control it. As soon as I ask you to control it, there's, there is no control. Yeah, exactly. And it's easy just to make someone sweat. Anyone, any need it can make someone sweat, but yeah. can you actually make someone control their body well and yeah. move well and be strong in yeah. the range of movement? And a lot of that is just basic movements. Yeah, and it's not exciting sometimes, yeah, which I not, think yeah, is a problem. Can, yeah, it can, but like it can be boring. But one of the, the, probably one of the biggest lessons I learned working in elite combat sports, so being a strength coach for um, Taekwondo athletes, is how to adapt for the stimulus that you want to give them okay? okay so every single day you could have you could spend hours writing programs to your athletes you know like perfect stuff getting exactly what you wanted in there every session someone's going to come in like i've just kicked someone's elbow and i can't use this right leg like i can't bend this ankle or mm. i've you know like something like that that's just what happens in sport it's yeah. it's a contact sport Shit, something there's always going to be something so you have to adapt that session to still get the stimulus that you want from that person. So if I want that person to have a stronger, um, to you know, to be more explosive lower body, like how the hell am I gonna do that when I'm not supposed to be loading that ankle? I'm gonna be thinking about stuff mm -hmm. like that. How can I still get that stimulus into that person? Yeah. Um, and most people don't think like that. They think about the exercise. They're like, today we're gonna squat. If you're not, as long as you're not a power lifter or an Olympic yeah. lifter, the exercise isn't important no, it's okay. about the stimulus that yeah, you give someone yeah, yeah. um not everyone that comes into your to as a as an um comes to you to for training needs yeah. to squat like oh, they yeah, need to load their lower yeah, body but there's better ways to do it until that's they're a conversation i have a lot of people there's a conversation i have with a lot of people like it doesn't there is no exercise you have to do yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, even I argue to the point where I'll say to someone, do you have to squat? Do I have to make someone squat to get the stimulus, train the lower body? The answer is no. Yeah. So you just got to try and figure out a way of getting the same amount of stimulus. Exactly. And that's probably one thing that I'm most passionate about is like, there's always a way to get the outcome that you want, but you have to think a bit creatively about it and you have to be aware of what, what, what kind of, outcome you want and how to get how to give that stimulus um and there's every person you can get in you can smash them in a way but you can do it smartly so yes. you don't have to be doing like highly technical mechanical crazy movements and burpees to get them to do a hard session there's other ways and at the same time we can also expand what they don't have to make them better humans and athletes or whatever they want to be excellent <laughs> all right guys i've got to wrap it up now um because we've got to go um i hope you've enjoyed uh, episode two with Ailish. Um, if you give her a follow on Instagram, it's Ailish Gets Better. Yeah. And one random question before we go: oh um, If you could choose one fast food chain to close, who would you pick? 
Ah, Mackie D's because it's the biggest. <laughs> it's fucking shit. Yeah, you're kind of cutting out lots. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. I'll thanks, see you on guys. episode three.